0: Oh, this is a late one, guys. I usually have my podcast out um, ready to go at six six in the morning every Monday, and it's one of my favorite things to do. I love podcasting. I love it, love it, love it. Um, but it is four thirty, and on Monday, and I am just recording. So we'll see if this makes it out to you by the end of the night. Um, yeah i'm gonna I'm just gonna dive in, but um it's okay sometimes things don't happen on the timeline that you that you planned for so next week, I am going to be resuming guest conversations for the podcasts, maybe not all of them, but a fair amount and I'm really looking forward to sharing some amazing topics and people with you um I have some really exciting guests lined up. Uh so this week it's just gonna be me again. Um, this is a really important uh, episode and it's important for a lot of reasons um, but I think it will be one that people go back to a lot because it's very much the core of the work that I do as a coach and also the work that I do personally. So I do want to address a couple things before I dive into um, self-coaching tools for abortion, or self-coaching tools before, during, after abortion. Um, But I want to wrap, I want to put a little attention to wrapping up the Honor Your Abortion series that I shared in the month of May. Today's June 1st. So um, I'll just give you a quick wrap on each of the four parts moving uh forward the first part was honoring your feelings and moving forward in any direction without honoring your feelings is near impossible so, unresolved or unattended emotions sl- are going to slowly burn away at our lives. And we may be able to cover them up or push them aside for small amounts of time, but they're always impacting our present and our future. So, one of the best ways to process feelings about or related to your abortion is to find a safe, non judgmental person to hold space with you. So, definitely go back listen to the episode about honoring your feelings, access the PDF, and um, I really encourage you to have a safe, non-judgmental person to do that work with you. It's game-changing. The second part of last month was honoring your decision, and even if you don't like your reason now, there was a point in time when you believed that abortion was the best choice for you. And honoring that place in yourself invites room for self-forgiveness, self-love, and I want to give you permission. You are not obligated to like your decision in order to honor it. So if that wasn't clear in that episode, I just want to keep making that point. Many of us have made choices in the past that we would make differently if given the opportunity to go back in time. But that's not how it works to be human. We don't get that choice. So the only way to go back now is to live fully forward. The third part was about honoring your desires. And um just showing up to the fact that what you want matters. Identifying and honoring your desires is the most um arguably the most powerful way to honor your abortion. Living into your wants and listening to and loving the most sacred parts of yourself is so important. And the last part was about honoring your future. And after you've identified what you want, it's time to start living forward, actively living forward. Every step toward your visions is a step well taken. Uh, Happy people have felt the sting of failure. They know the pain of rejection. They've messed up and tried again more times than you can possibly imagine. To build a future you love takes a commitment that inevitably honors your abortion. And you living fully is the greatest gift you can give to the woman you were when she made her choice. This is all big work just because I introduced it in a month does not mean you should be able to process it all in a month. There are no rules about how many weeks, months, or even years one might spend exploring their feelings after abortion. Some work may feel done and then come swinging back in as you grow and change. Honoring your future is lifelong work. As long as you have life, you have a future to honor. And I think I'm going to be releasing a workbook on this topic. And um, it'll probably be sometime in the coming year. And I'm always available for coaching as you grow into the best version of yourself in this crazy complicated thing we called life. So that's my wrap up on the month of May. And I'm going to spend the rest of the episode teaching you the number one tool I use in my own healing and that I use with all of my clients. It's a tool I learned from Brooke Castillo. And the tool, this particular tool, has changed my life so much that I decided to certify in her school. That's where I got my life coach certification. Um, And I've been helping women like you ever since. And Brooke's tool is. Simple. She didn't make up the concepts, but she put them together in a way that is really um, usable and achievable and sustainable and totally life changing. Her tool is called the model. So if you coach with me um, or if you continue to listen to me, I may refer to the model a lot. And I'm going to address and talk about the parts of the model in this podcast. So it's kind of hard to believe that I've made it 30 episodes into the podcast without teaching you the model. But this week, I am seeing what a perfect week it is to teach you the model. For those listening to the episode um, in months or years to come, today, again, is the first day of June, and it's been almost three months since our country moved into full pandemic mode with uh, COVID-19. And now we're facing the reality of nationwide protesting and rioting after the murder of George Floyd, um, who was murdered by a police officer in uniform. Even without conviction, I am using that word, murder, and I'm using it carefully and intentionally. Our country is in a state of deep Pain, and we are facing the results of 400 years of oppression of Black people. We need the model now more than ever, not just for abortion, but for life. So, I like to explain the model as math for the mindset. It's a formula for you to see what's happening in your own brain, it's a way for you to categorize your life and it puts you back in the driver's seat. It's a way for you to take back your personal power. The model is comprised of five elements. Um, I found that kind of ironic because my last work was in um, traditional Chinese medicine and the five elements. Um, But as I was writing this, I was like, "Huh, the model is also comprised of five elements. But all of these five elements make up the human experience. So the first is circumstances, followed by thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So five pieces, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Everything in our life falls into one of these things. You can think of circumstances like facts, right? They're beliefs that are accepted by the vast majority of people. Not the people in your small circle or community or family, but all of humanity. And since we've been led here by the topic of abortion, I'm going to use examples regarding abortion as I describe the model. But you can use the model to address everything in your life. Some circumstances you're coming to the show with might look like my IUD was displaced. The pregnancy test read positive. I had a medical abortion procedure in 2017. It might also be like direct quotes. He said, and then a direct quote. She said, and then a direct quote. By nature, circumstances themselves aren't right or wrong. They simply exist. They're pieces of our experience. And they will elicit different thoughts and different responses in different people. When we understand that circumstances are simply facts, we can notice and sometimes choose our thoughts about them. Noticing and choosing our thoughts as human beings is where all our power lies. So that's my very brief description of the first part of the model. A circumstance is essentially a fact. It's a truth. The second part of the model is our thoughts. Thoughts are the sentences in our mind that come when we experience a circumstance, when we are witness to a circumstance, when we are standing beside a circumstance. (laughs) Most of the thoughts we have in any given day are involuntary. Our brain likes, it's like a computer, and when it experiences a circumstance, It scans for ways to process that experience through words we've already seen, said, or heard in our lives. And these involuntary thoughts may or may not be useful in our lives. If we look at the above circumstance, just choosing one, my IUD was displaced, there are many different thoughts one might think in response here are a few that came to mind for me. The first was, that sucks. <laughs> the second was, this wasn't a part of the plan. And I, clearly I'm using inflective, I'm using tone, but that's how it sounds in my brain, right? That's how the thought sounds in my brain. Um, another thought might be, birth control isn't 100% effective. Another thought might be, it happens. So there are no right or wrong thoughts, Remember, your brain is processing like a computer. So you get to decide do I want to hit save or delete on each of the thoughts it presents you? In real time, most of us don't hit save or delete. So our brains automatically choose save on the first thought that comes to mind or the most, the loudest thought that comes to mind. And this happens fast. And it's why we feel like, our lives can spin out of control. When we believe and repeat our own thoughts, conscious or unconscious, we create this well-trodden pathway for our brain to follow in the future. So imagine a field of grass. If you keep thinking the thought, this sucks, Your brain depresses the grass like a path, right? So your brain is this path, you're thinking the thought, this sucks, and you're kind of like packing down the grass on the this sucks path. So there are countless other ways to walk through that field. But if you walk the this sucks path a few times, that's hard to say. (laughs) If you walk that same path a few times, the grass starts settling down and you're going to be drawn to walk that way over and over again. So the next part of the model is arguably the most important part. Those of us who use the model in our lives often write it down in lines, right? The First line, second line, third line, fourth line, fifth line. And this part is the feeling line. So we have a circumstance, we have a thought, and the third line is the feeling line. So every single thought we think, regardless of whether it's voluntary or involuntary, creates a feeling. A feeling is literally a vibration in our body. It's a physical experience triggered by our thoughts. And many of us have been taught to believe that feelings are something that happen to us as a result of a circumstance. We've been raised to believe that other people's actions or words can cause our feelings. So think about how many times you've heard a parent teach, say sorry you hurt her feelings, or make an assumption like, that must have hurt your feelings. (laughs) Um, I didn't say that the right way but like you know that statement of like oh that must have hurt your feelings. So these are pretty common phrases and they seem innocent enough but they lead to unintended consequences, and unconscious beliefs. And if we can recognize that our thoughts are what create our feelings, then we start to take back our power and we claim agency over our lives. We start to see that abortion can't hurt us and neither can other people's thoughts about it. If we're exploring the model, well we are exploring the model, so (laughs) exploring the model, let's Keep going with the example from above. The circumstance is my IUD was displaced. That's just a fact. It I, you know, I I debated whether to write my IUD fell out or my IUD was displaced. But one way or another, it's not in my uterus anymore. The thought is this sucks. And the feeling for me from that thought is defeated. So I remember very clearly the moment when I realized the IUD that I thought I had was in fact missing and that explained my unplanned pregnancy. I felt like a complete sense of defeat. In my body it felt heavy, it felt dark, it felt tight, it felt stationary or stuck. And the defeat felt like, it felt like a lead weight tying me to this unintentional future that I didn't want. It would have been really easy for me to believe that the IUD having fallen out was the cause of my feeling defeated, right? My IUD fell out, now I feel defeated. I could have explained it as birth control failure. The truth, truth is that it wasn't a failure at all. I knew when I chose it that there was a up to a 1% chance that the IUD would not work. It was just statistics. <laughs> I wanted to believe that I was among the 99 plus percent chance that it would work. But that's not how my story ended. The IUD didn't fail. It worked perfectly as described. I just landed in the statistic that I hoped not to the iud falling out didn't cause my defeat the thought this sucks is what led me to feeling defeated i could have and since have trodden down a very like uh, like trodden down a very different thought path in my brain i have created a new pattern in new place in the grass to walk through new thoughts that i keep repeating but at the beginning, I kept walking that path. This sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And I'd look at the field and that was the path I was drawn to. This sucks, this sucks. So um, I've, again, I've since changed that because the brain is actually changeable. It's, it has what they call neuroplasticity, which means we can, through conscious thought work, we can change the paths that we tend to walk down. So I have since changed it to a thought that leads to a more effective feeling, one that leads to the future I desire. And that leads us to the next part of the model, the next line, and that's the action line. So the action line is the reason our feelings are arguably the most important thing in our lives. All of our feelings invite us to take action. When we can identify and examine the actions we take from the experience of different feelings, we start to see how powerful the model is. From a feeling like defeat, some of the actions I took were to blame my body, curse the failure rates, question my decision, to choose the IUD in the first place, um, wish I wasn't a woman, And give up on other things that I wanted to believe. Well, if that belief failed me, then other beliefs will probably fail me too. And every single one of these actions was leading me to one place. A sucky life, right? (laughs) Put them all together and I was swimming in a big pool of life sucks. And that's how the model ends. It's like a formula and it's also a story. The last line of the model is the result. All of our actions lead to results. So here's what a full model as I've described above looks like. The circumstance is my IUD was displaced. The thought was this sucks. I felt defeated. My action was to blame my body, curse the failure rates, question my decision to choose an IUD in the first place, wish that I wasn't a woman, and give up on other things I wanted to believe. And the result was, life sucks. (laughs) So results always have a direct connection to the thoughts we think We can choose our thoughts and choose our results, or we can let our survival brains choose our thoughts involuntarily. Either way we're choosing. One choice is active, one choice is passive. In my case, the involuntary thought, this sucks, came from my belief that being in the less than 1% failure rate was a bad thing. Everything I'd ever been taught about birth control in life led me to believe that you did not want to be in the failure rate. The failure rate was a bad thing. <laughs> I probably even thought or said and or said when I had it inserted well that would suck to be in the one percent but I'll take my chances. So there's nothing inherently wrong with letting our involuntary thoughts run the show. This sucks made sense. It was a perfectly reasonable thought to think. The point of the model is that when we see where each of our thoughts are leading us, we can choose. And once we choose, we stand in our power. And our power is where we create our lives and our futures. So now what? (laughs) Self-coaching after abortion can look like you identifying the voluntary and involuntary thoughts in your brain and then running the model on each of your thoughts. Doing this is going to bring new thoughts to light. They're going to keep coming. Run models on those too. Self-coaching with the model is the cleanest and most organized way that I've found to create a life I love. It keeps me from spinning out of control, and it gives me a tool to take back my personal power. In that power, I don't just choose my thoughts, I choose my results. At the beginning of the episode, I talked about two things. One was the four-week Honor Your Abortion series, and the other was racism. And we're being, the, in particular, the racism that we're being asked to explore right now in the United States. And the model is the number one tool I use while coaching my clients. It's also the number one tool I use for myself. And sometimes I'm running models in my head or in my notes, and sometimes I'm exploring them directly with my clients. It's taken me almost three years and a certification to get a good grasp on the model. So if you're struggling, if you're confused or have questions as you introduce as you like start to introduce the model to your life, don't beat yourself up. It's super simple, but simple things sometimes take practice. And self-coaching is amazing, but even coaches need coaches to wade through models. It's hard to see your own life with clear vision and an outside perspective just can feel like a breath of fresh air. Last night, my coach and friend, Karen Simmons, called me from across the globe to help me understand some of my models regarding racism and my own actions. There were tears, there was laughter, there was also relief. She helped me take responsibility. She helped me find compassion for myself and for others. And she helped me see what I was struggling to see through my big feelings. I needed someone else to help me see it clearly. The model works the same for abortion as it does for racism, as for parenting, as for marriage. Once we learn how to use it and we know when to accept help through working with it, it It can become the most powerful tool we'll ever use. It invites us to act, not react. It invites us to create, not destruct. It invites us to step into the best possible versions of ourselves. We'll mess up. We'll get confused. We'll even fall backwards sometimes. But with the model, we'll keep going.